So we continue our sermon series. Uh, a couple more weeks in this sermon series, the Summer of Psalms, a look at a God who delivers. Uh, and then starting the second Sunday in August, um, we have Pastor Jamil, my brother, my brother, and then Pastor Jamil, kind of in those four weeks. They're going to be preaching on whatever the Lord kind of calls to their heart that will not be a sermon series. We're going to start our sermon series um, Oh, Mike, I forgot the name of the Hebrews one. Simply, or, thank you, Mike. Simply Irresistible. Uh, we're going to be in the entire book of Hebrews starting the week after Labor Day. So what's exciting about that is there's also going to be questions given for you for further uh, discipleship and study on your end every Sunday, uh, or for you to use in a small group, or for you to use at family devotions, or for you to just have fall the seat of the minivan. Uh, however you want to utilize that, that will be given with the news and notes uh, when we start that new sermon series the Sunday after Labor Day, which, Lord willing, will be my first Sunday back after my procedure. But I want to, I'm just going to say this word, and I want to kind of, and for, if you're new to Munster Church, I ask questions and I interact with all y'all because it's a lot of fun. Uh, and there are times some of your answers actually change the sermon. Uh, it doesn't necessarily make it shorter, nice try, but um, it, it can help change, because the Holy Spirit's at work in all of you, too. It's not just me, it's all of us as we kind of do this together. But when I say the word trembling, what does it mean to tremble, trembling? It's all the definitions you need. What comes to mind? Fear, absolutely. Shaking, absolutely, yeah, Trembling. Being cold, <laughs> yes, that was, my wife would say the same thing in the desert at 95 degrees. Yes, being cold. One of the things I felt that we have a new dog, uh, her name's Annie, I will, will probably rarely talk about her again in a sermon, because uh, we're not friends, but um, we found out that she trembles at fireworks, right? She, the first, and we live in Northwest Indiana, and so thank God that the Smedbergs make CBD for dogs. Uh, it's a sentence I never thought I'd say, and really sad that I said it, uh, that, but that is a great product. Shout out Tulip Tree Gardens, uh, Smedbergs. Um, that helped, but she would, the, the, oh, the first small little firework, she would jump, and her body would just be shaking, trembling. What else? Unknown? Yeah. <laughs> Nick, don't hide. Unknown, Okay. The tre yeah, fear of the unknown. There's trembling in what, you know, the unknown. Okay, so we're going really negative. Excitement, thank you. You're going positive, right? So trembling has a negative connotation to it, but, uh, and keep it PG, uh, what are some of the positive sides of trembling? Because there is. There is. Joy, Absolutely. Like, I don't know, maybe your daughter got engaged, right? Your one and only child. Uh, maybe, maybe she's a Motman, and now you're excited about that, and you're trembling. Or what Roger will be like when he walks her down the aisle, right? That is not going to be fear. Well, maybe it'll be a little bit of fear, but hopefully it'll be excitement. Absolutely. Let's give a hand for the Motmans. That's super exciting, right? Maddie, you wanted to show it off? There you go. Good job. Kyle, well done. Good. But yeah, trembling in there and excitement. What else? Oh, okay. Now we're, now we're really going over here. Anticipation. That's actually, give your dad a high five. 
You guys really should do that more. Um, that's actually the one I was looking for. The anticipation of something can cause us to tremble. And a lot of it has to do, we get in our own heads, we kind of get in our own bodies about that, but the anticipation of, of, of joyous occasions, right? Uh, that gets us to tremble, but that's in a good way. You know, we talk about it, and we talk about it, fear and trembling in the season of Advent, that there are multiple hymns that have that word in there when it comes to Advent. And I don't know about you, but Advent's not a bad thing. Advent is joyous. It is the time that the incarnate Christ is going to be born, and we're going to celebrate that because we know what his life means. There's trembling in that. There's excitement in that. And so this quote-unquote perfect psalm, and I do that in air quotes because it's scholars that kind of debate all of that, and I don't know why debating a psalm is something that people want to do in life, but they call this a perfect psalm. And what this means is this is a wonderful gift to give somebody in their trying, trying to maybe understand who God is. Not so much Christianity and evangelism, but kind of this understanding in an Old Testament way of who God is. So we're going to be in Psalm 114, and Charles Spurgeon's going to help us out a little bit this morning. He had some great thoughts on the matter. We're going to go to two verses at a time. The psalmist writes, when Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob, from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. So right off the bat, when I read this, I'm like, perfect psalm? I don't know about you, but like Psalm 23 is the perfect psalm, according to Jim, right? That's got everything, and it's great, and I've memorized it. But, you know, understanding that why did scholars say this, you can go back to it, Hannah, is the reason why people would say this, especially people in the Old Testament, is because the Israel's coming out of Egypt is the greatest event that the people of Israel had in their inception, right? That in, in their being created as a people, it, was, it wasn't the Ten Commandments, so that was big, and we'll get to that, I believe, next week. Getting the Israelites out of Egypt was the start of the fulfilling of prophecy. Now, I don't know about you, but when prophecies get fulfilled, it's kind of a big deal. That's exactly what Advent is about, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the people of Israel coming out of Egypt where they were enslaved for hundreds and hundreds of years, and there's reasons why. Go back and read the historical books of the Old Testament, and you can see why, but then all of a sudden, God remembers he remembers his people who are now been enslaved in Egypt. So let me ask another question about trembling. When you hear that God remembers you, is there anybody that starts to tremble? Anybody? No? Okay, just me. One in the back, I'll share that with you up there. Uh, it better. Let's, call, let's look at it that way. That when God remembers you, Right, when God knows you, he knows you intimately, he created you, he knows you deeper than you will ever know yourself, that level of vulnerability should cause us to tremble. I've prayed with too many grooms that in my prayer, right before we go uh, onto the stage to start the wedding, they're shaking something fierce. They're trembling with excitement, anticipation, all of those things all rolled into one. 
And that's being vulnerable and starting the level of vulnerability with a person. Someone who was flesh and blood. That started with attraction or the internet. You know, and that relationship starts. This is so different. Though it's the same. That this is someone who created you, who formed you. you are, that this intimacy and this relationship should cause us to tremble. But what we see is that from the very beginning, God had the good of the people in mind. Calling them out. Establishing things through them. And we see in the scriptures, they weren't anybody special. Right? They didn't have gold stars. They were a nothing people, the Bible says. They were stiff-necked. Does anyone know what that means? They were stubborn. Yet God said, through you, people will know that I am Yahweh. That line alone should cause us to tremble. Because I could put that on each and every one of you. I could put that on Archer this morning, though he won't fully, you just go ahead and chew on the giraffe, that's totally fine. But I could say, Archer, through you, now over here, Right Through you, people will know that God is Yahweh. Seven months old doesn't mean a whole lot. But if I may be so bold, right, and I say, I'm just going to pick, this is going to be real awkward for anybody. Tony Brummel, through you, people will know that God is Yahweh. I don't know about you. Someone just touched Tony. Is he trembling? Don't do that. Don't make it weird. But that's the responsibility. That was the responsibility of the Israelites, though they didn't even understand it. And this is pre-law. God's going to double down on Mount Sinai and say, here's how people will come to know that I am Yahweh. And it's going to be through rules. Right? All the rule file, all the firstborns in the congregation are going, yeah! All the middle kids are like, whatever. All the youngest are like, it doesn't apply to me anyway. But that's what God is doing. He's establishing not only his law, but notice, he's establishing his sanctuary in his people. That terrifies me, and I'm a pastor. My job is doing this, is creating, hopefully, through God's help and his vision, a sanctuary for people to worship, that they want to be here. But through all of you, his sanctuary is being built, too. Maybe you're getting a little tremble. And that's okay, we'll keep going. Verse three. The sea looked and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams. The hills like lambs. Really? This is the perfect psalm? I look at this and go, this is weird. I wanted to skip it, but I couldn't. Because we're doing this. And we don't, we don't flee from hard passages, confusing passages, or I read passages that wouldn't be a whole lot of fun to preach. But we understand in 3 and 4, this is the creation. Hang on a second. This is the creation of God responding to the Israelites leaving Egypt. I am 97% sure, in a percentage I made up just on the spot, that a lot of you may have never thought of what does creation do because of the, flee, or, you know, because of the Israelites leaving Egypt. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. Like, how does the Israel's, Israelites leaving Egypt affect the rams or the lambs? Well, a ram and a lamb, you're going to be part of the sacrificial system. So that definitely, uh, that definitely affects rams and lambs. Maybe that's why they're fleeing. 
That is not biblical. That was just me saying it. That is, don't, don't devote on that piece. But creation had an element of reception to the Israelites leaving Egypt. We see it right off the bat. Do you think the parting of the Red Sea was an everyday occurrence? Do you think if an Egyptian went to the, the mouth of the Red Sea and just said, separate, it did? No. Yet the creation was being receptive to God, who is its creator, to welcome, right, to protect, to lead the Israelites. Because how awkward would that have been if you're Moses, right, and you're being told by God, he's the one leading this whole thing, say, put your staff in the water and it's going to depart. First of all, it takes a lot of uh, faith for Moses, kind of. I mean, he's done a lot the whole like month before that in Egypt would have been like, okay, I'm going to do whatever God says. But what would that have looked like if you're Moses, you put the staff in the ground and nothing happens? That'd be really awkward. And at some point might cause Moses to doubt his relationship with Yahweh. And the nice thing is God doesn't do that, right? God shows his power do you believe today that God wants to show you the power that he has and the plan he has for your life? I guarantee you he does. And that should make us tremble. That God has a plan for each and every one of your lives. Because if you're like me, one of the first questions I have is, okay, okay, we'll do this. Man, I'm probably gonna mess it up. And the Israelites did over and over again. But the thing that we see starting, not only creation's recognition and obedience to the creator, but that the Israelites were seeing firsthand the power and the might and the plan of God. So let's play a little game. Let's say tomorrow you find yourself sitting anywhere and the Holy Spirit comes and sits with you, right? Manifested as whatever, it doesn't matter. Let's say a person and says to you, here is what the next 20 years of your life is going to look like. How many of you be like, bring it on, I would love that? All right, don't lie, right, don't be pious. How many of you would love that? Okay, thank you, four of you, about 60 of you are lying. How many of you wouldn't like that? Interesting, why? Curtis, you raise your hand and you're already on stage, why? Why wouldn't you like that? Because of the anxiety of what's to come. So I'm going to just take that. I'm going to psychoanalyze it. I did your premarital. I can do it. Um, because you don't think it's all going to be good. Interesting. Any else? Anyone else in that same position? Yeah, because I doubt it's going to be, oh, tomorrow you're going to win millions of dollars and then you don't have to do anything but pleasure the rest of your life. Now, if that happens to you tomorrow, awesome. Own it. Tithe it, and we'll get our new building underway. But understand, there's a reason why Curtis said what he said. My guess is why most of all of you rose your hand there. Because there's anxiety in the knowledge of the future. But Curtis has been in the church all his life. He is a devoted follower of God. Husband, two and a half years ago. Now dad, he's got responsibilities. He's got a job. He's, he's a protector, right? He was a sheriff for a while, so he has a gun. Like all of these things... Yet there's anxiety about the future, yet we are called to trust God with the future. Let's go to verse 
wherever you have five. What ails you, O sea, that you flee? O Jordan, that you turn your back? O mountains, that you skip like a ram? O hills, like lambs? Creation, why are you responding to the creator? See, why did you depart? As we're going to see, lambs and rams, right? Part of the sacrificial. Let's go to the last slide, Hannah. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Judah who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. Now I'm starting to see why this could be considered the perfect psalm. Because this is something we all should take with us starting today. Tremble, O oh people at Munster Church here online, at the presence of the Lord. That's a good tremble, but that's a powerful tremble. A lot of us are going to say fear, and that's okay, because fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but it's not fear as in the boogeyman, I've said it before. It's a fear of the nature, statue, bigness of God, and how really small we are. Tremble, O people, O earth, O church, at the presence of the Lord. If I may be so bold, maybe if the church trembled more at the Lord's presence. We wouldn't infight so much. We wouldn't make molehills, mountains, and vice versa. If we all were in a place where every day we were waiting to receive from the Lord, knowing that it's good, even the bad is good. Like, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's true. If we were in an expecting place every day, Lord, your will be done, interesting, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray it in the Lord's Prayer. We teach it to our kids. You, most of you, whether you're trespasses, sins, or debts, have learned that prayer. That's exactly what you're asking. But I don't know if we actually believe it. Right? Because the prayer might be a little better if it was, Lord, your will be done as I have aligned it out in my dream journal. No. Because, friends, here's the sin of all of that. The world, all its inhabitants, all its contents, all of its mission given by God isn't about you. It's not about me. It's about leaning into the Holy Spirit, much as you saw three of our, a deacon and two elders today, and five, two weeks ago, lean into the fact that the Lord might call their name, raise them into leadership. What I love is we have a bunch of new guys, but we also have some that have done it a lot. It's not going to be the same. Paul, you know that, right? It's not going to be the same three years. Got it. That's the kind of trembling, that's the kind of faith that we're being called to every day. I don't fully understand what's going to happen, but I'm going to lean into the Spirit because I know in all things, God works for good for those that love him that are called to his purposes. Notice it's not for those that love him that are called to delight in everything we can do. No. Because part of being in the Christian faith is denying yourself, picking up your cross, doing the work. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord. Let me ask my final question. 
When have you done that last? When have you sat devoted on God's plan for your life at what he wants you to do today, not looking at your accolades of the past or the spiritual notches you have on your belt, but leaning into the Holy Spirit who has given you gifts, shameful plug for the spiritual gifts inventory on our website, munster.church, that help us understand how we can, with confidence, lean into the mission of God, first in the church and then in the world. We love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is one of the, that's one of the reasons why we have church, is that we can learn and grow together and love your neighbor as yourself. Have you ever heard a pastor say, maybe you have, isn't it interesting that it's love God with all of that and then love your neighbor as yourself? Because there is a, I think, an admission here of what God really knows is our biggest struggle. Our love for self. Now, you may be here this morning and loving yourself is really hard. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't think that you offer anything to the world. That you're maybe in a real dark pit. Trust, the same God that calls to this kind of relationship, it also says in the Psalms, pulls you out of the pit recognizes that the pit is not where he wants you in life. And what does it mean to help the Holy Spirit in that endeavor and get yourself out of the pit? Maybe you know someone in your life that is in a pit. Maybe this is the wake-up call to reach out to them, to befriend them, to ask them for a cup of coffee or for lunch, to let them know they are seen because if we have that relationship with God, my hope, my prayer, is that we want to give that relationship to other people. We want that relationship on display. Tremble, oh Munster Church. Go back, Hannah. I don't have that one memorized. Tremble, oh Munster Church, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Judah, who turns the rock into a pool of water the flint into a spring of water. That we drink of that living cup, right? That he is the living water, Jesus the Christ. But then we need to go and bring that water to the world, who I think, if we all could uh, recognize, desperately needs it. But maybe you're here this morning and you're parched and you need you need more out of that spiritual life. You need to, to, to re-engage. You need to reconnect. You need something because you feel maybe that relationship fading away. Trust and obey that you are in the right place. Coming to church is a great first step. And I'm not saying this because the fall's coming. We have all the different ministries and we're going to hear about that starting in a couple weeks. But getting involved is one of the best ways to, to kind of grow that relationship, rekindle maybe that relationship, start receiving and drinking of the water that is Christ, getting involved in the local church, getting involved in the community. Because one of the things I've experienced in my life, and I know many of you have, is when all of a sudden everything is negative on me, the minute I get my butt out there and serving, things drastically change. God engages me in such a way, and I bet he would for you, not I bet, I guarantee he would for you, that when we get out and serve, we get out and we spread the name and the love of Jesus, 
that you fill up from that. You fill up from those experiences. And then we start to tremble again. And that's a good thing because it's anticipation of what God has for me today knowing what I have for eternity. So at that point, I think we're playing with house money. And I think God's plan for all of us can be revealed more and more as we sit.